the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Why did God create marriage? God created marriage for the raising up of godly children. Malachi chapter 2 verses 15 through 16 says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit you are his. And what does he want? Look at that. Godly children from your union. How do we affect this world for righteousness? When the mother knows Jesus, the father knows Jesus, you hand your faith down to your children and you bring them to church. You see those beautiful children? I just love that young man singing that lead that song. You see those little cherubim? You see those little choir kids up there singing and doing speeches and dancing before the Lord and so free in the spirit? That's healthy. We live in a day now where children don't even come to church because the parents haven't cracked the door of a church. How are you going to raise up a godly generation unchurched? No Bible. You got to say, this is a Bible. They got football in them, volleyball in them, everything in them but the Bible. To raise up godly children, handing down your faith, talking to them about the things of God. So guard your heart, remain loyal to your wife, husbands. So guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. Look at verse 16. Look what he said. For I hate divorce, says the Lord. What's his attitude about divorce? He hates it. Even if there are very few biblical grounds for it, he still hates it. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's army. So men and women both alike. So guard your heart in marriage and family. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. We live in a day of unfaithfulness. Stop saying you are a Christian while habitually committing adultery at the same time. There's no such thing as a Christian adulterer. Don't look at me like that. You look at me cross-eyed. I I, I practice adultery even though I'm a Christian. There's no such thing as none of that. A Christian drunkard. A Christian gay person. A Christian... The Bible speaks against this. How can you be a Christian that? Now, you know what? Y'all get real quiet now. Because the culture has grabbed your mind and twisted your mind till you don't even know what is truth. That's the problem. God hates divorce. He loves marriage. He wants you to stay married. And he wants you to love your husband, to love your wife, to love your children. He wants you to be intentional about your marriage. Don't be cruel to your wife. And wives, don't be cruel to your husbands. Guard your hearts. 
Saints, if we guard our hearts, if we restrain our hearts, if we safeguard our hearts, it will keep us from being unfaithful if you guard your heart. We'll not be unfaithful. We'll not be cruel. Just be cruel to the husband, cruel to the wife. Being hard, harsh, mean, and indifferent toward your spouse. Listen, it's enough hell in the world without having hell in the house. When the husband and the wife serve one another in the unity of the spirit, it creates a wonderful Christian environment for rearing children to affect them for righteousness. So when the husband and wife dies, the mom and daddy die, uh, the work of God, the kingdom goes on through those children because you have raised up godly offspring, not little hoodlums. Godly offsprings. They caught the vision of God from daddy, from mama. They caught the vision of how to tithe and give to God from mama and daddy. They caught the vision of what it means to live holy from mama and daddy. They don't cuss because mom and daddy's not cussing. So righteousness go on. It lives on beyond you because of what you've inculcated in those children. And it carries on once you're with the Lord. For the raising up of godly offspring Children ought to be born in a context of marriage is God's ideal. It's God's ideal. Uh, Number two. Number two, we bless our marriage by keeping it holy through the word of God. We bless our marriage by keeping it holy through the word of God. The scripture says in verse 5a, for it is made holy by the word of God. It is the word of God that transforms our marriage. It is the word of God that cleanses our marriage. It's the word of God that convicts our marriage. It convicts our hearts in our marriage, which results in a healthy Christian Christ-centered marriage. It is the word of God that transforms our marriage, cleanses our marriage, convicts our heart in marriage so that we can have a healthy, well-balanced marriage. The word of God does that. Psalms 119.9 says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, also says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Our marriage is made stronger when the word of God purifies our thinking. When our heart is purified, then our thinking is affected for righteousness. Our motive is affected for righteousness. Our attitude, our heart, and our speech is affected for righteousness. We bless our marriage by keeping it holy through the word of God. Number three, we bless our marriage when we constantly pray for one another. That's how you bless your marriage. When you constantly pray for one another. Verse five says, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, accomplishes much. A marriage that is clothed and developed in righteousness and prayer will gain more victories through trials that intrude into our marriage. Your marriage will have trials. Even as a single person, you will have trials. No one is exempt from the trials of life. Singles ought to be clothed with the righteousness of God. You ought to be cloaked with prayer, just like married married couples, in order to gain victory through trials. 
When your life is cloaked in prayer and righteousness, you will be more peaceful. Even when people say things that you know have hurt you, you'll be more peaceful. You won't get even. You won't give them a word for a word. You won't so-called lay down your religion. I wonder about those folk that can lay their religion down. They must don't have, maybe that's why they lay it down because it's religion. Because if you really had a relationship with the Lord, you can't lay that down. Do I have a witness out there? When your marriage is cloaked, when your life as a single is cloaked in righteousness and prayer, you have unity in your family and you will be able to withstand the attacks from the enemy, Satan. You you will win battles over the enemy. So you bless your marriage when you pray for one another. Pray, 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 pray. Number four, you bless your marriage and family when you are maturing spiritually in Christ. You bless your marriage and family when you are maturing spiritually in Christ, which result in fewer conflicts. When you are maturing in Christ, you'll have less tension in marriage and less strife in marriage. This is why it is critical that you both, husbands and wives, that you grow spiritually. You'll know better how to minister to your children as you grow spiritually as parents in Christ. Second uh, Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Also, if one spouse is more spiritual than the other, the one who is more spiritual should be willing to be patient and wait on the spiritual development and growth of the spouse who is not as spiritual as you. Okay, And if you can't wait on their development and help cultivate their spiritual development, maybe you're not as spiritual as you think you are. We're not all at the same level. Okay, We're not all at the same level. Love is patient. Love waits on the other. Number five, how do you bless your marriage? Uh, You bless your marriage when you do not put your children above your spouse. Refuse, I say refuse to wrap your lives so tightly around your children while neglecting your spouse. You run out with them, you best friends with them, you go shopping with them, you and the girls, you hang out, you and the boys and the daddy hang out. It's a good thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's healthy, but it can get convoluted if you spend all your time with your children at the expense of your spouse. This is why the divorce rate increases after children leave the home. And when the children grow up and leave the home, y'all look at each other as husband and wife. You say, who are you? (laughs) It is imperative that you keep cultivating your relationship and making each other priority. Because when you're together in in the unity of the spirit and you're giving your husband and wife's time, those children can't play games against the both of you. No, 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 no. They can't go run to one to the other. You know, they they have a mutual respect because you all are operating in the unity of the spirit. Ephesians 531 says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, his wife. That's right. Children, you are to respect your mother and your father. And the parents obligation is to bring it to your attention as a child, that you are disrespecting my spouse. And I don't appreciate that. And by the way, parents, don't run down your husband or wife to your children. 
Look how quiet it's getting now. You know, your daddy, I don't know what I'm going to do with that man. That's your daddy. Wait a minute. That's your husband. You know, you, you're causing that child a disrespect. Don't you, don't you not, not even see you fussing and fighting. If you have a disagreement, wait till they go to school. Or y'all go off and have a lick of ice cream cone and have a conversation. Don't be squabbling before those kids. And they are that nervous. And, and that's why they flunking their homework because they got an emotional home. Sometimes they want to put an ED label on these children when the homes are ED. Homes are emotionally disturbed. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh in union. Number six, you bless your marriage and family by spending quality time together. By spending quality time together. A sure sign of marital erosion in your marriage is when you spend less and less time together. You enjoy being around your friends more than your spouse. Or you choose to stay at work and you work overtime and overtime and triple and weekend because you don't want to go home and deal with issues. So your work is your escape. But you have to go home. And some of you, you, you go out at night, come in at two. What? You married. You need to go home. Why are you rambling around at two? You can only get in trouble. Who you look? You're not out there by yourself at two o'clock in the morning. You're not fooling me. Well, I was just out there riding around. No, you wasn't. You went somewhere. You wouldn't just joy riding around. What you doing? Looking at the stars and how nice the moon looked? I don't believe that. Quality time. We bless our marriage through perpetual courtship. This is what keeps the marriage fresh. This is what keeps the marriage vibrant. This is what keeps the marriage full of life. In other words... There should never be an end to courtship in our relationship. We must continue to do the things we did prior to marriage, such as kisses. You know how y'all used to kiss before you got married? You couldn't wait to smack. Some of y'all wasn't smacking, you were juicing, you know. (laughs) You laid them lips on her. I mean, what? come on now. Y'all said, my child's in here. This is where they ought to hear. Won't y'all say amen? amen? You hug. You all under the steering wheel. You under, his, under him. He, could, he was turning like this. He had to turn with his fingers because you were all under him. Now you've been married for 20 years. There's a vacuum in between y'all. I told my wife, <laughs> I went to the Dave Ramsey uh, event, uh, but we had a good time over there. And so I dropped my wife. This is huge, huge, huge parking lot. Y'all know it's big over there. But I said, good, good night. Where am I? You know, I had to get, look at some signs to see where I'm parking. Because, you know, you have to get, you know, you have, maybe I'm by myself. You can find a marker to, so you know where your car is. <laughs> so I dropped my wife off, and I found her way out the underwear. And then I walked in and I said, oh, I didn't get my ticket for my wife for the event because uh, I forgot about that because she had the tickets and she was inside. <laughs> so when I got to the door, she, she notified them that I was coming and they let me in. And so this, 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 this gentleman, this brother, whom I did not know, I guess he was one of the greeters over at the church. He said, is that your wife over there? I said, Yeah. Are you, are you the one that went, that dropped off your wife 
and you parked a car and you came back in? He said, yeah. He shook my hand, shook my hand, gave me a said, God bless your heart. God bless your heart. Where's the thoughtfulness? He was amazed that I just did that. I kept her from walking. Some of y'all say, you getting out this car? (laughs) You don't open a car door. You don't pull back a seat. You don't even care. Where is the pizzazz? Why? Sometimes you need to just stand at the door. He said, why are you not in? And he's behind the stairway. She said, baby, I'm waiting on you. To do what? <laughs> Open the door. Oh, come on. Now, don't you be mad. I'm going to leave you standing there. You better get in that car. No. Get out. Go let her in. And go and take your place behind the wheel. That's just being honorable to, to the spouse you say you love. Love is not just what you say, it's what you do. Amen? I'm talking about courtship. It's thoughtfulness. Vibrancy. A marriage is full of life. And in other words, there should never be an end to your courtship in your relationship. We must continue to do the things we did prior to, to marriage, such as kisses and hugs, holding hands, affectionate behavior, romantic language. Practice praying together, kissing each other daily, not, not on Valentine's Day. You got to wait till Valentine's Day to kiss? That's defected. You don't wait to Valentine. That's a long time. Refuse to allow the affection and romance to dry up in your marriage. True love will keep the romance in the marriage. Now, I'm going to give you a biblical illustration. It's found in the Song of Solomon. You'll find it. I love this particular translation I'm reading. And uh, it's uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. You got a Bible. Get there as fast as you can because y'all going to think I'm making this up. I tell you, that Solomon was a lover. You know, anybody had 700 wives and concubines, you, he ought to be able to say something about love. Amen? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's get accused of him. Men, we can pick up some marriage language. And it's in the Bible. It's inspired. It's from God. Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 and 10. 1 through 10. How beautiful are your sandals, your sandal feet, O queenly maiden. Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lie a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabim. Your nose is as fine as the tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is as majestic as Mount Carmel, and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. 
The king is held captive by his tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are. How pleasing, my love. How full of delights. You are slender like a palm tree. And your breasts are like the like its clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruits. Ooh, it's getting hot now. May your breasts be like grape clusters and the fragrance of your breath like apples. May your kisses be as exciting as the best wine. Flowing gently over lips and teeth. I am my lover's. And he claims me as his own. You can't get no better than that, y'all. Y'all can just get a couple of those lines. He give you permission to take it. It's, it's all there. It's all there. What would our marriages be like if we acquired so, just some of Solomon's love language? Finally, but not the least, you bless your marriage when you celebrate each other. You bless your marriage when you celebrate each other. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 18 says, let your wife be a fountain of blessings for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Husbands, your heart should be overflowing with joy over the wife of your youth. Your heart should be overflowing. Our heart should be overflowing with happiness for our wives and vice versa. Wives over your husbands. You ought to be delighting over your spouse and being thankful to God for your spouse. When you have a celebratory heart, God will give you many reasons to rejoice. I say it again. When you have a celebratory heart, God will give you many reasons to rejoice and celebrate what he is doing in your marriage and family. We should celebrate significant events such as birthdays. It's time to celebrate each other's birthday. Whole day go, three weeks later, oh, I forgot your birthday. You ought to celebrate anniversaries. Doesn't matter how long you've been married. It's time to celebrate. My wife and I are talking about now where we're going. We've been married 40 years. It's going on 41 in Feb. Man, we're talking about what we're going to celebrate. 40 years is a long time. Celebrate Valentine's Day. Celebrate. Oh, it's Thanksgiving Day. We're going to celebrate. It's Christmas. We're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we're going to celebrate the gift of each other as we celebrate the birth of Christ. We need to celebrate New Year's. That God has allowed both of us to come into a new year to see our children to dream. We're going to celebrate the fact that we've crossed over into a brand new year. Celebrate milestones. Tremendous historical milestones in your marriage. Celebrate accomplishments, graduations, promotions, whatever it is. Celebrate. Take them out. Make a big thing about it. You know what? Celebrate new beginnings. You're starting over in a particular area.
God's going to do something new with you. You, Maybe it's a new house. Maybe it's a new job. Celebrate deliverances. Remember how you were in a bind? Perhaps you were in debt. Uh, perhaps, perhaps you were in trouble and you cried out to God and God came right in on time and he delivered you. Every time you think about your deliverance, it's time to what? Celebrate. And most of all, we should thank God for Jesus and celebrate him this Thanksgiving season. We praise God for the humility of Christ. We celebrate the birth of Christ. We celebrate the sufferings of Christ. It's time to celebrate the death of Christ. The church ought to be celebrating every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. We need to celebrate the soon imminent return of Christ for all who love his appearing. Therefore, a thankful heart should ask the same question the psalmist asked in Psalms 116.12. How can I repay the Lord for all his acts of kindness toward me? When I think about how good God's been to me, when I think about where he's brought me from, when I think about how he's blessed me in spite of myself, when I think about how he kept me, when I think about how he healed me in sickness, how he delivered me out of hospitals, how he kept me through car wreck, how he kept me through dangers seen and unseen, how he saved me by the blood of Jesus Christ. I ought to put my shouting shoes on. I got something to shout about. Do you have something to shout about? How many of you know God is that good to you? Don't fool me now. How many of you know that God's been good to you? How many of you know you need to be celebrating who God is to you? he put up with you when you didn't deserve to be put up with. You ought to thank God for who he is. Thank God for what he's done. Thank God that he's a mighty God in your life. I declare we need to ask the question that the psalmist asked in Psalms 116 12. How can I repay the Lord for all of his kindness toward me? And one way we can repay the Lord is through a heart filled with thanksgiving, gratitude, and celebration. And all God's children said, Amen. Please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.